What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. Today is Friday, May 13th. Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. And that's right. We're doing this on Friday and we're posting it on Friday because tomorrow I leave for a cruise. Matt, how does that sound to you? I'm, I'm leaving it for a cruise and you're just sitting there in your apartment, huh? Yeah, it just sounds like more of Hayden doing fun things and telling everybody about his, his life and how great everything is. And then me just, you know, as always, being the cornerstone, the rock of this establishment, making sure everything goes well, getting the ratings, getting the viewers, getting the listeners, while Hayden's just, you know, surfing and uh, sitting out by a beach, rubbing his, rubbing his thumbs together. Yeah, rubbing my thumb or rubbing sunscreen on my body, which I almost never do. And then I get sunburned. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fun episode today. We've got NBA and then we've got an NHL Would You Rather. So if you guys missed it a couple episodes ago, we did an NBA Would You Rather playoff edition thing. And so now we're doing that for NHL because NHL playoffs are in full swing. But there's not enough that has happened yet to where we can actually talk about the series that wrapped up because Pretty much every game is going into a game seven um, or a game six by now. So that's the deal right now. So we're kind of just holding off on our, well, I think Matt might do an episode next Tuesday of, of going over all the NHL series that have finished up, but today we're doing that. Would you rather? And then we've got a, you're wrong man segment at the end. So stay tuned for that. It might be a little bit of a shorter episode today, but that's all right. It's going to still be a banger. So let's uh, let's get right into it. With the NBA, last night, the Heat took game six of their series against the Sixers and are now headed to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, more importantly, James Harden took two shots and scored a total of zero points in the whole second half of that same game. I think both of them were three-pointers, and he missed both shots. So if you think about why the Sixers got James Harden in the first place, obviously they gave away away Ben Simmons, who was starting to be scared to take shots and people were criticizing him for that. Um, And since people were criticizing him, he was beginning to be scared to to take shots. So it kind of, that kind of makes sense, but they got James Harden and they traded away uh, Ben Simmons. And so it, it seemed like the perfect storm because James Harden is one of those guys that can put up 30, 40 points on any given night. But he took two shots in the whole second half of last night's game where they lost and lost the whole series and he scored zero points in that in that second half. So this obviously is just plain wrong. So I'm going to pose this question to Matt. Are the Sixers cursed at this point or what what do you think went wrong here? I think the process went wrong. Right. I mean, you know, we go back to, to ever since Joel Embiid was drafted um, and, and he's the person who's came, who came up with that whole theory uh you know name everything it was there was so much hype and it was basically like all right the Sixers are going to lose on purpose for five six years in a row they're gonna be the worst team in the league so that they can build up draft picks they can build up money they can build up equity enough to be able to compile a team that has the pieces that is needed to make a championship run or at least try to establish something that can be sustainable long term it didn't work out though all right. And the reason is, as we've seen over the course of the last 10 years, right, ever since LeBron, uh, you know, basically established the first uh, super team in Miami with with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. We've seen these types of super teams succeed ever since then. So, right. The, the you know, the Heat had three, three, you know, they won three championships. Um 
the, obviously the Warriors have, you know, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and uh, and Clay Thompson. The the Cavs, when LeBron went back to Cleveland, the Cavs had, uh, you know, obviously LeBron James, but Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving as well. So all these teams have won championships since then, right? Um, and And kind of all the while we had the process going on in Philadelphia. And that the idea behind that was like, all right, well, instead of acquiring veteran talent and spending a bunch of money on players who are already proven, we're going to draft our way to a super team and just hope it works out. And it didn't, right? And to some extent, you could argue like Joel Embiid is probably one of the best, you know, like draft picks, like converted into a talent that we knew could be a superstar in the league, you know, one of the best in the last in the last 10 years, right? But what else do they do with it? They drafted Ben Simmons. They draft like, but he clearly did not work out at all. More on him a little bit later. They basically traded Jimmy Butler for for Tobias Harris, which you know kind of came back to bite them last night because Jimmy Butler was screaming that in the hallways after they after the Heat took Game Six on the road to 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 ice that playoff series. Um, basically, right? You know, you traded me for Tobias Harris. Not 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 a great move there. And then, you know, what happened at the end of this season? Obviously, the Sixers traded away Ben Simmons, who they had previously drafted for a, let's face it, washed up version uh, of James Harden, who we kind of knew was washed up or at least not trying there at the end of his time in Brooklyn. And, and that just continued here into the playoffs uh, with Philadelphia. So I think that it was I don't know, it, it was kind of cool how it was working out eventually because we think of like if you think of the 76ers as a basketball team right now you think of a team that is always going to be making the playoffs a team that yeah they've like you know you could call curse to some extent but just hasn't hasn't really been able to succeed hasn't been able to push it to the next level but a team that is near the top of the nba near the top of of the east always right um but just, you know, has never really been able to to take that next step. And, and so what you end up with is kind of a, a conundrum where you're thinking, OK, this is a solid team. This is a, a team that's always making the playoffs and, and probably going to win a playoff series uh, as they have, you know, the last the last three or four years here. But you're never going to be thinking of them as a, as a championship contender, whereas obviously, you know, 10 years or, you know, seven or eight years ago, we're sitting here thinking the Sixers are obviously trying to lose and, and this is horrible for the fan base and the city and everything and you know they're chatting guys out there who, who they don't expect to even you know convert into into great players and so in terms of like turning the 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 you know the the fortune of the team around like yes the team has gotten better overall but like if we're talking about the process as as being successful if the team wins a championship it, it, it was never going to happen from the beginning and so yeah I, I think that's kind of the whole deal here is like we we, we kind of got lost in the Ben Simmons James Harden drama of what this really was 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 a tanking job in order to purposefully accrue draft picks and build a championship team in that way and then kind of all around them in the rest of the NBA it, it we ended up with a situation where the real answer to winning championships was accruing veteran talent players who have proven themselves already as good players in the league who then come together to win a championship on and and kind of you know in the meantime you had the Sixers trying to build this thing up from the ground up with with draft picks who and you know this is true for any sport in any draft if you're going to pick players they may not be good and and so you know just think about it from from the standpoint of like accruing veteran talent that you know is good and know are going to perform 
that that's not the case if you're trying to build it up directly through the draft. And so I think the real loser in all of this is, is, is obviously Joel Embiid, who is by far and away the best player on that team could argue, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a perennial MVP contender. He'll, he'll win one eventually. He's kind of gotten beat out by Giannis and, and Jokic the past four or five years, but he, he's going to get one because of his value and, and everything that he brings there. But the pieces around him just are never adding up to the best version of what it possibly could be. And so I think that we even saw the transition in, in general manager, right? Or managership, right? So um, Daryl Morey is the general manager now there. And he was the manager, he was general manager down in Houston when, when the Rockets kind of, you know, obviously had James Harden in his, in his prime. Then they traded for Chris Paul, right? They made some playoff runs, but same deal. We're never able to even get to a conference finals. Um, and, and obviously didn't have much success beyond just getting the playoffs every year. And so it's kind of the same here. And so you kind of ask to yourself, you know, like, this guy who said, and Darren Mori is, is, is a very no, well-known, um, you know, he, he's all into the analytics. He only looks at the stats. He's not a great people person, but, you know, he, he can build a basketball team, right? Well, he can build a basketball team to be solid, but he can't build a basketball team to win a championship. And I think that was kind of proven here after you had the process of the 76ers tanking to, you know, for draft picks, drafting those players, and then finally being able to put it all together, have Doc Rivers as the head coach. Then you transition to a guy who focuses on analytics and, and, you know, and the numbers trying to, you know, basically carry what was left of that process team from the draft into now a successful championship contending team you know, and, and having trading away, you know, Ben Simmons for, for an arguably equally badly performing player in James Harden is just, it just didn't work out. So I think that, you know, Hayden brings up a good point it, to some extent from the outside, it looks like the Sixers are cursed. I just think that it was just a bunch of bad combinations of people at the top of the organization, as well as the players that they chose to be the centerpieces of that organization, not really working out. Um, and, and then kind of just having like the the Heat and the Cavs and the Warriors just having this basically dynastic run for the last 10 years, also kind of impeding the potential success that the Sixers could have had, um, which obviously it, it never panned out, uh, you know, anyway. So uh, so I guess I guess, you know, since Hayden asked the question, I'll throw it back to him. You know, what, what, what do you, uh, you know, assess the situation as? Yeah, well, I would probably assess the situation as being I, I do think that the 76ers are kind of cursed because if you, I mean, well, okay. It, it all comes back to the idea of James Harden, just not trying in game sometimes. And we've seen it time and time again. We see, we've seen it with the Rockets. Like that's a lot of times that's pretty much why he's gotten traded was because, you know, well, he, he so he got traded from the, from the Rockets to the Nets pretty much because he was like, it looked like he wasn't trying. It looked like he wasn't really, didn't really have any interest in Houston anymore. And so he got, he got to the nets and then at the nets, he was like, he was good, but it just didn't really seem like him and KD. I mean, yeah, him and KD were kind of, you know, clicking or whatever. And so then obviously he was involved in this trade to the 76ers. And I thought, I think when we first talked about this trade back when it first happened, I thought that, or I think right now that I said something along the lines of like, I think that James Harden is finally going to, have it click here and he's, you know, he's, he's going to be really good for them. And I forecasted them making a pretty good run in the playoffs. I mean, Eastern conference semifinals is, it's not bad, but um, I mean, compared to like where they were at the season when he got traded, it was pretty much middle of the season. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it like it from then it was a pretty good prediction, but right now 
um, you know, making it to the Eastern Conference semis isn't the best playoff run. And especially with what they've done against the Heat, they haven't really done much. So, so I think that, like, specifically James Harden is one of those guys where you just – you can't – you can never count on him at, you know, in, in clutch times when you – when it, like, really, really matters. Obviously, he'll hit a clutch three for you every once in a while in game-specific situations. But I think in – when it comes to, like, the bigger pitch, picture, playoff time, you we need to win four games against the, the Heat, who were probably, you know, the, mo- the most underrated team coming into the playoffs – he's not going to be able to provide that for you. And so that, I think, I think that's what this really proves about him. Um, you, you know, there was like, there were a couple of times when I was watching the Sixers, when I was just confused at what James Harden was doing. Like he would in transition, he would just be kind of jogging and Matt and I were watching a game the other night. Um, I, I forget. I think it was over the weekend and he, yeah, like the, the ball was stolen and somebody passed it up to him. And it was like a, it was him against, I think it was a two on two breakaway pretty much. It was him and somebody else against two defenders. And he was like, he basically just started walking with the ball and like dribbling it above his head. And then and it got stolen right back. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? You look so bad out there. So yeah, I think that Matt really, really explained the management side of it really well. That was honestly more than I was looking for by asking this question. So props to him for, knowing all that. I mean, I, I didn't know who the 76ers uh, general manager was. So yeah, props to him for doing that. And I think that he definitely has a point with the whole idea of like this whole process thing just didn't work out. Like it's just, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, Joel Embiid was preaching it time and time again, and it just never, it just never panned out to be good. Now, I mean, we do have to look at it and say, okay, well, Ben Simmons was a first overall pick in what, 2016, I think. And he like in when he was at LSU, he was projected to be a very good NBA player. Like he he had the NBA skill set. He was big, he was fast, and he was very he, he was very technical. Again, I mean his shooting wasn't there, but a lot of those guys, you know, that are kind of like a lot of the guys in college may not be the best shooters. You, you don't really see that the the top guys being like you know having the highest field goal percentage out there but they're the guys who who are NBA ready and can play and Ben Simmons was that type of guy it looked like and then it, he kind of just fell apart so I think that the 76ers kind of again going back to the whole cursed situation of the 76ers I think that that's that kind of plays into the whole part of being of being cursed is because like Ben Simmons was supposed to be this great NBA talent and obviously Joel Embiid has turned out to be that but the 76ers just I don't know. Maybe it's just Philadelphia where people kind of have their downfall aside from Joel Embiid, obviously. Another thing to note is, as Matt was saying, the whole um, Jimmy Butler thing with, um, you know, Tobias Harris and how they traded away Jimmy Butler for Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler sounded off on that last night. That is interesting because Joel Embiid, I think in his press conference last night, um, he said something like, I don't know why we ever let go of him. And he was talking about Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. And so, and those guys are, like best buds basically like they're very tight um from from jimmy butler's time in in philadelphia and so that's something that you got to look at and, and say well that you know it doesn't involve james harden but again it's it, a veteran jimmy butler they trade him away for draft picks and here they are sitting at you know the bottom of the barrel obviously again they made it made it to the eastern conference semis so they're still a good basketball team, you know, one of the best, one of the eight best basketball teams in the league, 
but you've also got to look at it from the perspective of, okay, they were planning to make this huge run and this was kind of their year to do it. And they, they just didn't. Um, so yeah, I think that's where we're at again, you know, really good, really good overview of the situation. I think that, you know, it's just, it just sucks that James Harden doesn't try sometimes and you can't really, can't really dictate that or control that in any way as a coach or a general manager. All right. So moving on to NHL now, uh, we've got our, would you rather segment NHL playoffs edition? So we've got five of them here. I think we had five for our NBA one as well. So we've got five starting off with the first, I'm going to ask Matt with the current state of the playoffs right now, current state of the NHL playoffs, would you rather be the Kings or the lightning? I would, I would rather be the Kings, honestly. I mean, I think that's probably the easy answer here, but like you have the full force of Canada on either side of this argument. I think that's kind of where Hayden was going here with this question is like, you have, you know, the, the, the Maple Leafs who haven't won a playoff series in almost 20 years. I think 2004 was the last time they won a playoff series The the Oilers, I think they got to the, I think they got to the Stanley cup final, like 2006 or something. Um, and they ended up losing. And so they've honestly had more recent success than even the Maple Leafs had, which obviously, you know, Maple Leafs have gotten to the playoffs, but in terms of, you know, actually doing something in the, you know, in the, in the first playoff series that they get to, it, it hasn't really panned out. It's it. This is I don't know. I this is a really good question because obviously with the Lightning, you know, the Lightning have won the last two Stanley Cup championships, right? They're 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 two time defending champions. Uh, you know, they won it back to back. They also, and I'm sure you know if you're keeping up with with stats and whatever, they're in the last 17 games in which they've lost a a, a playoff game prior to that, right? So you know they they're they're coming off of a loss. They've won the last 17 games. They're 17 and 0 in situations where, uh, you know, coming off a loss. So I think that's a great situation, obviously, right? Like you're thinking, hey, you know, any game you lose, you're going to win the next one. You know, you won back to back Stanley Cups. But I don't know. This Toronto team just looks different to me. And obviously, you know, pretty much by the time this comes out or, you know, that, that many of you might be listening to this, the series will probably already be over. Hayden and I both picked the, the Maple Leafs to come out of this series. I'm hearing a lot of people say that, you know, in, in a game seven situation, um, you know, the light or the, the Maple Leafs are built to, to, to win this series. I'm not exactly sure because obviously, right, I mean, the Lightning – are, are the most recent champions and, and they're up against it here. So I think, and coming off a loss too. So like, you know, what are we going to do there? Um, and so I think that, I don't know though, I, I would probably rather be the Kings because I feel like the Oilers are, are the more cursed uh, franchise in this situation because at least the Maple Leafs have proven that they can beat a good team. Now, obviously, you know, the Kings are a good team, but I think that they were surprising, I think more so than, than you know than the lightning are right so i think that if you're the if you're the lightning like you kind of almost have to win this so they honestly have more pressure i think right so if they lose in the first round of the playoffs you're going back to you know three years ago when they lost in the first round of the playoffs they won the president's cup they were supposed to win the championship they lost in the first round of the playoffs now obviously they followed that up with two back-to-back championships but i think that there's a lot of pressure on the lightning to actually you know follow it up like okay you lost the first round of the playoffs then you win back-to-back championships then you lose in the first round of playoffs again like that kind of you know that that, that's not a good look for the team for the organization so i think you have to if you're the lightning there's a lot more pressure on you to win this series whereas if you're the kings nobody really expected this out of you and you're going to a game sevens against the Oilers, who have you know arguably the best player in the entire league uh in Connor mcdavid um and and 
the Oilers were heavily favored to win this series to begin with. So I think you having the underdog mentality, not a lot of people are expecting you to win this series. So I would definitely rather be the Kings kind of playing spoiler here. Um, than obviously, you know, kind of being lightning up against it here after winning back-to-back champ- championships. It's funny. Cause you, you went with the pessimistic, pessimistic side of things and talked about if they lose, this will happen. Or you, you basically like evaluated each team's losing situation and said, okay, well, which, which situation is not as bad, um, which is actually what I was thinking when I wrote this question, which is kind of funny, but you can also think of it from a, from a winning situation or, or winning evaluation, right? So if the Kings win, then they'll probably play the Flames and the Flames are pretty good, right? So either way, like they, they are probably going to lose against the Flames if they go to the, to, to the, um, the Western conference semis. Now, if on the other side of things, if you're the lightning, you're probably going to play. Well, it kind of depends. Honestly, I, I don't want to count the the capitals out of this series. Again, Florida right now, um, the Panthers are up three to two on the capitals. So like the Panthers will probably win, but I don't want to count out the, the capitals. They've looked really good in almost every game. I think they got beat five to one or six to one in like, or no, they got beat like five to two in one game, which was a pretty bad loss. But I mean, other than that, they've they've been keeping up with the Panthers a lot. Um, I think a lot more a lot more than people have, you know, thought that they would coming into this series. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they send it to a game seven and and win the Capitals. And so in that case, if you're if you're looking at the Lightning, you're like, okay, well that's a pretty good scenario there, because if the cop you know if the Capitals win, then you obviously have a lower seeded team in the playoffs. Again, you could make you make the argument and say, okay, well, if the Capitals beat the Panthers, that means that they're, they're better than the Panthers. And so you're basically just playing a better team than the one seed, which is kind of like, that makes sense. But technically in terms of seeding coming into the playoffs, the Washington Capitals are kind of the one that you want to play in, in the, um, in the Eastern conference semifinals. Now I'm probably going to go with Kings as well. Like Matt did just because again, yeah, if you lose, like, no one's going to look at the Kings and say, oh, you, oh, you know, like there, it's literally going to be the Kings loss to the Oilers. Here's why the Oilers won this series. Basically just saying like all the articles are going to be talking about the Oilers and about Connor McDavid and how, and about, you know, how long it's been since they've been good. Um, but if the, if the lightning loses, there's, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of hate on them. Um, again, nobody's, I don't think anybody's really expecting them to, to three peat that's a little much in any sport. And so I think that if you look at it from that perspective, you're saying, okay, well, if we're not expected to three peat, then, you know, losing the first round, obviously that's worse than losing in like the finals or the, you know, the Western, I mean, the Eastern conference semifinals, but I think you're still, you're still going to come under a lot of fire for that because again, the lightning are expected to be good because they've won the past two championships. So I am going to go with the safer bet and, and, and go Kings here, but I think that there's definitely a good argument for, lightning in terms of evaluating it from a winning perspective so um yeah so moving on to the second question here the uh yeah sorry the situation is that you're playing in a series that lasts all seven games so it's three three and you you get the seventh game left and you finish game seven right so you play all seven games would you rather and you can be any team doesn't matter it's just situational would you rather all of the games, all seven games be decided by three or more goals or all of them be decided by only one goal? Yeah, this is another great question. Um, It's tough. I would say probably 
I would probably rather, I don't know, man. Cause I don't know what you're going to say. I want to say like a different thing than you. Um, I'm going to say I would rather have all three games or all the games be decided by three or more goals. I think it's just a, it makes for more, I think fun hockey. I mean, obviously I've never played hockey, so I don't know what it, I don't know what it feels like to lose by one goal or to lose by three goals, but I think that, and we've honestly seen this a lot in this playoff specifically, right? I mean, you know, the, the Lightning and Maple Leafs, it was like six to one every single game. Now, obviously they were kind of just trading off, you know, back to back. Same with kind of the, the Bruins and Canes have been a lot, I've been similar too. every single game. The home team has won, but they've won very convincingly in every single game. So I think that we've honestly seen this a lot in the playoffs and, I think interesting wise now, obviously, again, I think maybe I'll take this from the side of like me being a fan of, of the game. I would rather see the games being decided by a lot of goals because you, you, you just have no idea what's going to happen. If all the games are, you know, one score, you know, one goal games, sometimes you could point to, Oh, you know, this team got lucky with an extra shot here or a penalty here. But I think that, you know, if you're going to have this much scoring and just, you know, every game being a blowout, it's like, okay, clearly both these teams deserve to be here. Both these teams are good and, and can really show what they have. So not neither team is dominating. Um, well, neither team is dominating in terms of the entire series, but each team is dominating on their own, on their own home ice or whether it be just a single, single game. Um, and, and so I think that that's just makes for more entertaining hockey. I'm not sure if I was a player, I don't even know, because I feel like, you know, losing by one goal is just kind of so it's demoralizing almost to a certain point. Cause you're just like, Oh my gosh, this one, you know, shot that I had that hit off the post, like if that would have gone in the, the entire series could be changed. Um, and so I think you get into a lot of your overthinking, whatever. So I'm going to go with three or more goals. I'd like to see what Hayden thinks though. Yeah. I'm going to go opposite side of the spectrum with you on here. And I'm going to go that I would rather it be cl- close games within, you know, a, a one goal lead or one goal deficit um, and that's because you can, I mean, you can still have a lot of scoring with being within one point. You can have a game that's four to three or even, you know, five to four or whatever. And that makes for exciting hockey. First of all, second of all, from a, being on the actual team and from being like an actual player perspective, I think that's even better because if you go into the next round of the playoffs and you've gotten blown out three times and then you you somehow get you know a fourth blowout obviously yeah you you know you've beat the other team handily and that that's a little bit scary but then again like if you've gotten beaten really bad two three times I think that just shows inconsistency um and I think that that's like one of the one of the main things that's kind of intimidating about a team going into the going into you know a a future round of the playoffs and so yeah I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go um all, all games being within one goal, because again, I think it's like, if, if the games are close, it's probably even more fun playing in a close game like that too. Obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're winning by four goals, it's going to be fun, but in those goals that, in those goals that you're, I mean, I mean, in those games that you're scoring, you know, only one goal and the other team is scoring five or six, it's just like those, those games, you know, don't even really matter to you. Um, But I think that in terms of playoff games, I think that, you know, that's what the playoffs are for is for, teams to be evenly matched and and teams to, you know, it's, it's the best of the best. And so if they're playing against each other, then I guess like that fulfills the meaning of the playoffs and what they should be, which is close games. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on the opposite side of the spectrum, but I would, I, I do think that Matt, you have reason with going, um, you know, big deficits because yeah, obviously as, as a spectator, that's kind of fun to watch. 
All right. Next question here. Uh, this is this is also a good one. You're kind of you're kind of forced to think about yourself as a player. Would you rather have 60 saves in a single game as a goalie or score a hat trick as an offensive or defensive player on, on offense? Yeah. So with this one, I'm I think I'm going to there's a, an answer that I think that a lot of people would pick. And then there's the answer that I'm going to pick and I'm going to pick have 60 saves as a goalie. I think that would be so sweet. I was watching. Um, I forget which I forget which uh, which game it was. Maybe it was like the Rangers game, Rangers Penguins game. I don't know. It was it was one of those games, and um, I think it was like the one of the backup goalies. He had thirty six saves um, in like a couple periods or something like that, and th- that was crazy to see. And so, but like to watch that was really cool. So I think that that probably. I mean, that's kind of recency bias, and that's what made me think of this question as well <laughs> was that one game that I was watching. So um, again, yeah, it, I could see why you would want to score a hat trick and that like, that's awesome to see all the hats coming down, especially if you're home, you know, have all the hats come on the ice and everything. That's really cool. And goals are cool and all, but like, also you can score a goal by just, you know, deflecting it off of your, off of your stick. So I don't know if you score like two goals that way and you score one, that's an actual shot. I would definitely go, I would definitely go goalie, but there is no parameters of this specific parameters. So just hat trick, just a general hat trick thinking that, you know, you're scoring all these with actual shots. Um, I would, I would even, I would still go goalie. Um, I would still go 60 saves because if you've ever watched a hockey game and watched a goalie make save after save after, after save, it's really cool to watch. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, I'll take the easy answer here and say hat trick. Um, it's it's the best, right? It's like, I mean, the hats come down. It's just like, it's like a such a such a tradition. And it's a tradition that like not really any other sport has, right? I mean, like you basically, the only other thing I can think of that's comparative to this is the, I think when you have, I think the 70 points in, in the NBA where you have, because the, there's like a, like the first time I think Wilt Chamberlain scored 70 points, he had like, like an eight by 11 sheet of paper. And he wrote like in Sharpie 70 points. And there's a picture, there's like a famous picture of him, like holding the piece of paper and then pointing to it. Um, and so when Devin Booker did, I think it, it was like four years ago now, maybe even more. Um, I was still in high school when this happened. Devin Booker scored 70 points and he like recreated the picture. Right. And it's like, that's the only thing I can think of that's like kind of similar, but that's like almost a social media fad now. But like, you don't see anything happen in like where the fans are directly involved in the game, throwing something onto the onto the court or field or whatever it may be. It like in solidarity with their player, right? Like like celebrating that player for doing that thing. You see fans throw stuff onto the court that's not supposed to be thrown onto the court, and usually in uh, in protest to what's going on or 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 uh, or upset about something. But yeah, I think that that like tradition of just having that happen. And like knowing that, like when you're the hockey player, you're going to score that goal like that. That's going to happen. Um, I think is I think is so cool. And, and then also, you know, right. I mean, you're you're the offensive player. You're like playing at the highest level of hockey you possibly can. And you're scoring three goals in a single game, like against, you know, obviously great, the best goaltenders in the entire game. Like that that's legit. Like you are a good hockey player if you can do that. So so I'm going to I'm going to go with that one. Uh, I'm going to go with hat trick there for that one. So uh, next question here is, would you rather be put on a sports center top 10 plays uh, for a cool goal that you scored uh, or for absolutely laying someone out like a like in a big hit? I'm going to go I'm going to go big hit here, dude. I think that the cool goals that you see on sports center top 10 are really cool. You know, the ones where they like deke somebody through the legs or they I don't know, you know, they have some kind of like 360 slingshot goal. Those are really, really cool. Obviously, 
and obviously it would be sweet to, to be on sports center top 10 for that. But I think it's like even better to be on there for a big hit. Cause you don't see those as many as much. I think I've seen a couple before that's, it's definitely more uncommon. And I think that that's like one thing that if you, if you get put, put on sports center top 10, especially in like in the playoffs, dude, laying somebody out, like you'd have to do something out of this world to some, to, to another dude on the ice to be put on sports center top 10 for a big hit. So I'm definitely going to go big hit. I, I think just the idea of being put on uh sports center top 10 for a goal just automatically gives you like star status in the league. I don't know that, that that's always been something that I've kind of seen as like a, a, a theme or whatever, because I mean, you see a lot of these guys, like, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen Austin Matthews on on Sports Center top ten like all the time, and you know, obviously he's one of the stars in the league now. And so, yeah, I think that scoring a goal would definitely, or you know, being put on Sports Center top ten for scoring a goal would definitely be would be awesome. But yeah, you've got to do like you've got to be the best of the best at, at at putting big hits on guys to be put on Sports Center top ten. So that's probably where I would go. Also, it's just like. I don't know. It's just fun. I mean, we, we used to play football. And so it's, it's kind of fun to a little fun fact for you. When I played football, I played, uh, well, I played center in my freshman year on JV, but then 10th through 12th grade, I was, um, I was a quarterback. So that's quite the transition there, but I played quarterback and yes, I did throw interceptions. Um, I'm not proud of them, but when I did <laughs> the return, I almost always got either the tackle or like the hit out of bounds or something. And, I'm not going to lie. I used, I used to lay some wood. So uh, yeah, that's, yeah, you know me, I like the big hits. So I'm taking that. I'll also go with the goals here. I mean, I'm just all about goal scoring um, because it obviously depends on like the way that you do it. But like, I feel like they only choose the best goals for the sports center top 10. And so if you're making it, that means you're doing some crazy deke. That means you're, you know, you're running up and down the ice, like, you know, full, full ice type of style. You got the puck the whole time. Um, or you're hitting some crazy, ridiculous angle shot where it's like, you know, you're right. You're at the blue line. You're, you, you know, you're, you're ripping a clapper from the blue line, top shelf bar down. Come on now. Uh, or, or right. Or you're like, you know, do it. You, you run up against the goal, you do some crazy between the legs or, or something like that. So I think that the skill it takes to, to be recognized for a top 10 play on sports center by scoring a crazy goal um, is definitely where I'd rather be featured. Uh, even though it, it, even though, right. Like Hayden said, making the big hit is, is always a, always a, uh, a, a very, a very positive feeling uh, for you. Um, not necessarily for the other person on the other end of that. Uh, so last question here, Hayden. All right. I'm going to pose this one to Matt. Again, it's kind of a silly one. We always do the silly ones for uh, for last. But would you rather get hit in the face by a slap shot or get your hand run over by someone else's skate? And I will preface this by saying that I think I know two people that have gotten their hands or their, like, fingers run over by a skate. And I think both times, like, a part of their finger got, like, chopped off, basically. So that's just to give you some – um give you uh give, give you some insight to how severe that would be obviously get you, you know getting hit in the face by a puck um you know coming off of a slap shot would definitely be very painful so matt go ahead yeah i almost wish you hadn't had prefaced that because that was gonna be my 
uh, my answer for sure. I would much rather get hit in the face by a slap shot because you, I mean, seriously, like you could get run over by someone's gate and like your, I mean, your hand could be toast. Like that thing could be like, there's actually, I think there's a, there's, and I forget his name, but there was like a guy who um, it was like some crazy sequence. It was, it was a while ago too. It was like some crazy sequence where he was like down on the ice and like a guy's skate, like hit his neck and he like died on the ice because like his, like he like bled out from like now, obviously. Yeah. That, that's a crazy situation. So, but like, yeah. that's the severity of how like these, these skates are, are sharp. So I would rather get hit by a slap shot, but obviously, I mean, you know, we're talking that that's, that could also be like, you know, cause some like facial reconstruction surgery or something, because, you know, depending on where you get hit and obviously hockey players are known for just losing their teeth all the time too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you get hit in the, you know, you get knocked in the cheekbone or the jaw, like, you know, that's, you're, you're gone for the next week, you know, few weeks. Uh, but I guess that's, that's better than like losing a finger. So I'm, I'm going to go with slap shot there. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably go with slap shot too. I think that in terms of like in the moment, I think it would probably, you'd probably rather get run over by somebody's skate again, because obviously it's going to be painful. Um, and the interesting thing is that like, you can you can get your finger chopped off even while wearing a hockey glove or something like that. Like it happened to one of my friend's dad um, in in one of his in, in like a, like like a men's league, I think, or maybe when he was younger, when he was playing like high school or something. Um, but yeah, like he got part of his finger chopped off through his hockey glove, which is crazy because like you think of hockey gloves and they're kind of I don't know they're kind of like a thick material. But yeah, that's that's the crazy part about it. So I I definitely go like long term. I'd go getting hit in the face by a slap shot. But I think in the moment it would just be like, that would, I can't, I mean, you probably can't even really see the puck coming towards you, but like the shock of that is probably just so yeah. bad. Um, and thinking about, I think that like in terms of cringing, when I, when I think about it, getting hit in the, in the face with a slap shot probably makes me cringe more. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't want any of my fingers to be gone. So I'd probably rather go slap shot to the face as well. But I, it, I think it's definitely like, a close one. And when I was, I was trying to think of one about injuries because you can't, I mean, you can't talk about hockey and not talk about injuries in some way, especially a fun segment like this. So yeah, when I was trying to think of injuries, I was like, well, you know, what happens, what's likely to happen? Like I've never really seen somebody like break their leg or something on, you know, in hockey or something like that. Like, like you do see in football or even basketball, but yeah. So I don't know. That was that was the closest I could get. And I think that was a pretty tough one. Um, but Matt, if you want to take it into your wrong man right now, you can. Yeah. So we're only going to do one uh, your wrong man for this week. Um, but uh, but they're both good and they're both obviously kind of NBA playoffs related. And that was the that was a tough part when we were kind of deciding to do this episode. It's like, you know, obviously you have the avalanche, you know, swept their series. Right. But every single other uh, NHL playoff series is still going on. Most of the there's three game sevens on on Saturday on this upcoming Saturday, May 14th. Um, there's obviously the game seven between the, the Suns and the uh, and, and the Mavericks. There's a potential game seven that's probably going to actually probably going to happen uh, with, between the Bucks and the Celtics because the Celtics are up by 10 right now at halftime um so they might go to game seven you have you know you have the uh the the grizzlies and warriors obviously the warriors are at home on game six so they'll probably they'll probably take it but like there's so many things still going on it's just kind of like a weird timing obviously with with hayden's cruise so uh that's, yep yep that's right that's, it's important yeah, all right. Okay. So anyway, uh, we're going to be doing kind of a boat, boat NBA related. You're wrong, man's here. Just kind of, you know, getting, getting, combining the, the fun segment with also the, um, 
you know, kind of the, the, the recent news that happened here. So I'm going to bring it back to the Nets and the Sixers. Obviously we talked about the Sixers and, and kind of James Harden, that thing. Uh, but I'm going to say that the, the Nets and Sixers trade was wrong for both sides after it seemed like it was the best thing for both sides. And the, and the reasoning behind this is before this whole thing went down, I came on the podcast and I said, this is, you know, this is never going to happen. There's no way that these teams are going to trade these players because it just the, the the logistics did not work out. There's no reason that both these either of the teams will be better based on what they do in this trade. Now it turned out that both of the players, both the respective players for these teams, so you had Ben Simmons and James Harden, were each extremely unhappy with the situation that they were in and they didn't want to be on these teams. And so for me, like thinking about it in a basketball sense, and like obviously if you're trying to build a playoff caliber team. The Nets wanted James Harden, and, and, the, and the Sixers are going to want Ben Simmons. Well, I can't make an argument either way for Ben Simmons because I, I don't think anyone would, would, you know, would want him. But either way, whatever. But it turned out that Ben Simmons didn't want to be with the Sixers anymore. And, you know, obviously you have to kind of get rid of those, uh, get rid of those demons, as they say, uh, move on to, to better things. Turns out he didn't play a single second of playoff basketball at all anyway. So it didn't even really matter anyway, but whatever. James Harden apparently hated Kyrie Irving and that whole situation there. And, and again, it is very weird how Kevin Durant is still like such a proponent of that whole thing. I, I don't know. But I think to a certain extent, James Harden was almost smart by saying, like looking around himself and saying like, this is never going to work out. Like it, it was fun while it lasted for these couple of years. We never had actually like accomplished anything, uh, but I need to leave right now. And what's a better team to leave to than to, you know, a, the only team in the East with a potential, you know, MVP or probable MVP candidate, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. The only problem is James Harden looked pretty bad when he played for the Nets and he came to the 76ers and everybody thought he was going to have a Houston, you know, reincarnation where he'd just go crazy again and start playing like prime James Harden. No. He played really bad and he played really bad up until the very end of their season. And so you end up with a situation here where like, okay, cool. Both sides, both players got what they wanted and, and were moved and basically switched cities, but neither team was successful in doing that. Right. And so, and so that, that's kind of my whole thing here is like the argument is at the end of the day, you know, the trade shouldn't have happened to begin with. It actually did end up happening. And I kind of had to come on here and be like, all right, well, I guess I was wrong, but I was wrong because both players were being selfish about it. And then you have the situation where just after everything that has happened recently with Ben Simmons, not even playing a second of basketball and James Harden basically looking like Ben Simmons when he was playing basketball, even last year, neither team did well. And this didn't end up working for both sides. So that's, that's my, you're wrong man for the weekend. And I think that I can finally say that, in a basketball sense, I called it. It wouldn't be a good idea. It actually ended up happening somehow, and it still didn't work out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna consider myself as right on the whole, uh, you know, the whole judging of this Nets and Sixers trade. Ben's, ben Har- uh, Ben Ben Simmons and James Harden, who both are basically non-factors at this point. All right, there you go. That was a good one. Now moving on to my your wrong man for the week. I've got the Grizzlies are wrong for continuing to prove that they are somehow better and somehow win games without John Morant, their star player. If you told me, I'm going to preface it with this. If you told me to name somebody on the Grizzlies that wasn't named John Morant or Desmond Bain before this playoff run, I would not be able to tell you. Like they have, I don't know how it works. They have literally nobody. I mean, yeah, I think they have Steven Adams too, but like still dude, they have nobody. What? He hasn't even been playing really. Yeah, exactly. They, there you go. And he's their like third best player. They have literally nobody. And somehow they continue to go out and prove whenever they don't have John Moran on the floor that they can 
win, right? I think it was, I think it was, they went 20 and two or something like that in the regular season when John Morant got hurt for that stretch of games, pretty much a fourth of the season. Um, and they, they went 20 and two without John Morant then, which is insane, you know, without your star player going 20 and two. And then I think John Morant's been out for the past, what, two games ish. And it was either Wednesday or Wednesday night's game. I think, I don't know. Um, and yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't playing and they beat the Warriors by like, like 40 or 50 points. And, and the Warriors were pretty, I think they had pretty much everybody on the floor. I think, I mean, I, I watched that game and they had Steph Curry out there, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. I mean, they had everybody. And so it was just like, dude, (laughs) there, it it literally makes no sense, but honestly um, it's looking, and again, it's kind of sad because John Morant, his injury apparently is pretty bad. It's it's like a deep bone bruise or something like that, which is something that I think you could have surgery to fix. But if you get surgeries, I mean, he's not, he's going to be out for a, a good while, but I think if he, if he doesn't get surgery, it's one of those things that's like, it basically, it's one of those injuries. That's just like, it's pretty much just how, how he's feeling, you know, on a day-to-day basis, which is most injuries, but it's like, it's one of those things that you can't really put a timetable on and it could last like throughout the rest of the playoffs. That's what I've heard. Obviously we're hoping that that doesn't happen, but I'm, I mean, if we're being honest, like, dude, the Grizzlies, if he's hurt for the rest of the playoffs, they might be better off. But again, I'm not wishing that on John Morant because I would never do that. But yeah, it's just, it's maybe it's John Morant that ball hogs or something like that. Or I don't know, maybe he like, takes too many shots and he misses too many of them. But again, he, I mean, he usually puts up, I mean, he'll, he'll put up like 40 or 50 in any given game. So it's just, I don't know. It, it doesn't really make much sense to me. Well, and it's even crazier too, because I mean, you, and, and right. You talked about that was the game five was when the warrior, the, the Grizzlies won by like 40 points. They were up by like 50 at one point, which is right. Yeah. That's insane. Cause you think about the warriors, like they're not going to be down that much, but the, the even crazier part is that game four was in golden state, right? So golden state's up two one, they're in gold state to go up three, one, basically that, you know, that basically just guarantees the series win for the warriors. It's game four and it's at golden state. And it's the first game that John Morant's not playing for the, for the Grizzlies. And the warriors won that game by three points. The first time they led in that game was with like 40 seconds left in the entire game. They were down. They were losing the entire, the entire game. You're thinking what's going on here. And, And after the fact, you look at the score, apparently they shot like, 19 percent from three or something it was like an, it was like a crazy yeah. and so everybody's like oh my gosh like the grizzlies you know all you have to do to the warriors is just have them you know just beat them on a night that they're shooting badly and like they couldn't even do it you know they they finally had the warriors finally had that night where they couldn't shoot and the grizzlies couldn't get it done and they lost the game well they come back in game five and absolutely dismantle the warriors and obviously the warriors didn't really shoot that great in game five anyway but now you end up in a situation where it's like you know golden state has game six at home and i mean if they lose this it's gonna be it's going to be crazy, but I mean, you know, I, I think they're probably going to get it done. So, right. I think kind of Hayden's right. It's like, unfortunately, we're not going to really see the Grizzlies potential, true potential for this, for this series and for this team that could have been, but at the same time, it's like, wait, are they actually better without John? Like that, that could be a real thing. Like there's going to be some questions going in the next season. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, for sure. Again, it, it may just be like some crazy coincidence and they just have insane luck without him. And I, I don't think that it's going to turn into anything where they consider like getting rid of jaw because I mean, you'd be stupid to get rid of jaw right now, especially when he's this good, this early in his career. So yeah, but yeah, that about wraps it up for this, this episode. Again, it's a little bit of a shorter one here. I think we've gotten around 45 minutes or so, which is still pretty good, but 
Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end it off here. Didn't have much to talk about again, like Matt said, because everything the playoffs are good. That's basically why <laughs> they're they're good series and you know good games all around. And so I'd probably rather have that than have something to talk about on this episode and have every game be or have every series be a sweep or you know end in five or something like that. So um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely happy about watching sports and I'm happy about going on my cruise, even though I won't be able to watch any, any sports. I'm, you know, I'm going to be, be cruising in Bermuda, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, that about wraps it up. You guys will hear from Matt on Tuesday and I don't even, I don't know what he's going to talk about, but I'm going to be excited to, to, to hear it when I come back from my cruise, because yeah, the, the solo dolo episodes do turn out pretty, pretty well. Um, And that's going to be that. So I hope you guys have, a great weekend watching watching some crazy sports series and Matt will be back with you on Tuesday.